What was I going to say? I think you're the first person I've interviewed that I didn't know personally. So this is, <laughs> you're, you're like the first well, stranger. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I am Jason Trost, the host of the Business of Betting podcast. I'm joined today by Jed Korenthal. He is the CMO of a company called Phoenix Real-Time Solutions. I'm really excited to have him on. They're working on real-time content, uh, which is very important in the value chain of sports betting. And we're going to talk about all things sports content. We're going to talk about uh, how they, what their secret sauce is and what they're bringing to the party. So first of all, welcome to the podcast Jed. My pleasure to be here. Thanks, Jason. Where in the world are you? I am in Connecticut. Westport, Connecticut. Connecticut. The good that that's that's probably the good side of Connecticut. I'm from the bad side of Connecticut. That's <laughs> a pretty nice state. There's a lot of water here, so that's a that's a good thing. It's uh what I always uh located myself in Connecticut by the exit number. I think what is Westport? Like 20, 25? Uh, Westport is 18, 18 on 95. Yeah, we're like about an hour from New York City. I grew up exit 73. Ah, oh, yeah. So you're quite a bit up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, Mohegan Sun territory. Yes, that's right. So cool. Well, why don't you introduce yourself, um, how you got into the sports betting industry and what you do at Phoenix? Sure. Yeah, I've been uh, been in sort of the sports and, and music space for a long time. I worked at Sony for 12 years. I was at the NFL um, for a number of years. And uh, for the past 10, 12 years, I've been an entrepreneur, started a couple of companies, sold one, and got into the OTT space originally, consulting with a friend of mine, uh, and then got a call from one of Phoenix's investors who I happen to know. Um, and, you know, was telling me about the company and the technology that uh, the company was building and just seemed like a really, you know, interesting and compelling proposition in terms of, you know, the goal was to, to create real-time streaming um, for people. So um, kind of took a little bit of a leap of faith. And uh, six years later, I'm still here. And we've, um, you know, we have a successful company that's um, well-funded. We have a number of clients around the world from Verizon to Stats Perform and Racecourse Media Group um, to Sinclair and Bally's. We're just... Um, you know, rocking and rolling here, just delivering real-time streaming to people all over the world. So when you say real-time streaming, does that, is there a data component or is it video and audio? All three, actually. So our, our platform is able to um, synchronize and deliver video, audio, and data uh, all in sync and all in real-time. And we use the term real-time rather than live because live comes with some delays. Like if you watch any broadcast that you watch on your television um, has about a seven to 15 second or so delay because of language or wardrobe malfunctions or things of that nature. Um, and then when you add, you know, if you're streaming the content, if you add, you know, whatever the streaming provider is, you could be 30, 40, 50 seconds behind the field to play. So we deliver that, we deliver those streams in real time. So essentially about a half second behind the field to play. So it's as though you're at the stadium. 
When uh, when I was growing up in this industry, the 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 at least from my memory, the company that kind of pioneered a lot of the real time sports data was a company called Running Ball, um, and I believe their their secret sauce was they sent people to the stadium and they had you know cell phones or something in their pocket and they would be watching the game and and doing that. Really How, what is the technology that you guys use? Like, do you do deals with the stadiums? Do you do deals with the teams? Do you pay college t- kids to go watch sports? What's wh- How does your product work? Well, first of all, what you just said still happens in a lot of cases. People still have people at actual at games and recording data and sending that to their mothership. So, no, we, we, are, we are just a technology platform. We're like a pipe or power company. So... We work with content owners, rights holders, anybody who essentially has rights to the content, and they use us to stream that content to their app, you know, their apps, their websites, wherever they want to stream it. So we kind of serve as um, as their their streaming provider, if you will, um, to the content that they have rights to. So we're not, you know, we're not a content company. We're not a data company. We 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 take all those feeds in and then serve them up to wherever they want us to distribute it. Cell phone, you know, mobile, laptop, connected TV, game console, wherever. So what's an example rights holder that you guys have a deal with? So um, I'll give you one since you're in the UK. Um, We stream about 80% of all of the horse racing in the UK and Ireland through a few companies we work with. One is called SIS, uh, Sports Information Systems. And the other is uh, RMG or Race Course Media Group, and the data which you, re- you know, you referred to before comes from a company called Stats Perform, um, as well as the video streams. So we pick up the signal um, from the racetracks and the production trucks, and take that signal all through our cloud, and then distribute it to the sports books all over Europe. I mean, we probably have we probably integrated into like 50 sports books like bet three, six, five and Patty power and Skybet and Ladbrokes and coral. And, you know, you name it, we're pretty much there. So, so if you're watching horse racing, um, mo- on your sports book, most likely those streams are coming from, are being powered by us. Okay. So let's take a UK horse racing example and, and get into the weeds. Like Cheltenham or Aintree, you know, some of those big events we do. Okay, so um, so if you do a deal, um, you know, I don't know. Do you have a deal with the jockey club? It's just popping in my head. But do you do? You, do, you uh, do the jockey no, club we, we're actually. It's funny. We're talking to them about a lot of stuff. So yeah. Okay. What's the other big one? It's called Arena, I think. Right. There's two uh, big uh, horse the track uh, companies in the UK. Anyway. The, the... Yeah. So you have a deal with a track or the owner of the track. Right. We have a deal with the company that owns, you know, or, 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 or who has the rights to like 80 tracks. So do you do, do you do a deal with the SISs of the world and the PA sports yes. of the world? Yes. So okay. we do the deal with SIS. We do the deal with RMG. That's right. Okay. And are they your cameras or are they their cameras? And no. You're, you're- no, 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 no. We're not a video production company, so we they, they handle all the video production, um, okay. so it's their cameras, and then we pick up the feed from the cameras in some cases, yeah. 
Okay. And you take that feed, you, you send it to the mothership, and then you distribute it to their clients on their behalf. Correct. And Got in this it. case, their clients are sports books. Got it. And do you guys have other clients besides sports books? Absolutely. So in the States, we work with Verizon, which is a big uh, telecom operator, and they have rights to a lot of content like the NFL, NBA, uh, the Indianapolis 500, we just streamed for them. So yeah, so for them, there's, there's no betting involved. It's just streaming, you know, whatever their content is, the games uh, themselves. And we distribute that on the, typically on their Verizon app. And in this space, how many competitors do you have, give or take? Not many. Um, you know, real-time streaming is uh, is growing, but there are only you know, very few companies that, that are in this space. And we're the only ones that have been able to prove scale, meaning we're the only ones that have streamed to, you know, 500,000 people at once, maintaining real-time latency. What gives you your advantage? Would you say it's, is it a technology advantage? Is it a software advantage? Is it a relation? Like what is the, your company's secret sauce? I would say all the above, but for the most part, we have technology that's just more advanced and um, just deeper in terms of what we do. So um, our founder is brilliant and he's built this platform from the ground up and we do things a little bit differently. So the approach that we take um, enables us to scale to essentially an unlimited number of users right from day one. Got it. And you said in the beginning that you guys do sports data. Like, can you talk a little bit about, I get the, I get that you're taking content from an owner. Right. We don't have the data. We aggregate, we take the data from companies like stats perform or, you know, sport radar or, or IMG arena or genius. And so we have three channels, audio, video, and data. So we take okay. all the content from those three channels and, and distribute them to you know, wherever they want us to distribute it. Right. Mainly in a B2B function. It is. We are a B2B yeah. company, right? Yeah. And, and do you do any data origination yourselves or is it no. all packaging other data that people have? Correct. Got that's it. Right. So now, okay. The pipes, uh, utility analogy is coming into focus now. So that's right. Sense. Yeah. Cool. So, so what do you think that like, from your perspective, what is the future of sports data? Because you're in a very, you know, particular and important niche of delivering the data. Where do you see data going vis-a-vis uh, -vis sports betting? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that, that, that we see as um, starting to take hold a little bit and will grow is the, the, the aspect of micro betting or micro wagering where, you know, the, the typical definition of in-play betting has been, you know, will Chelsea score more goals in the second half than Arsenal did? Or in the U.S., you know, will LeBron James score more points in the fourth quarter than he did in the third quarter? You know, in-play bets like that, where there's really no time constraint inv involved. Um, we see it changing to, like, you know, every play, you know, if, if there's a penalty called in a, in a football or soccer match, you know, will the player score a goal right then and there? You know, will LeBron James hit the two free throws that he's about to go take because there was just a foul called? Will, I don't know, you know, Patrick Mahomes throw a touchdown 
on the next play in the football game. So, you know, betting on essentially every play in a game is the only way you can do that is if you have, you know, not only real-time video, but real-time data. So um, we're able to match that video with typically, as you know, that betting is done on data um, because the data comes in much faster. But because we can deliver the video at the same time as the data, now you can move from a what we would what's considered a bet and watch product where you bet and then have to watch elsewhere to a watch and bet. We're on the same, you know, on the same application. You can watch the game and bet on the game in real time. So uh, I have, a, I guess, a few different uh, lines of questioning about that. So, like, one of the things I've noticed was that uh, when you go and try to negotiate with a rights holder, like, let's say I want to offer UK, like, stream horse racing to a UK audience, you go do a contract, but you can't then and take that video feed and show it to people in Malta or Ireland or the US. It's very local. So, as an operator, I always found it very frustrating that uh, trying to negotiate with rights holders becomes a web of very different layers of <laughs> coverage. And generally speaking, the, one, the sports that people want to see are too expensive or they've already have exclusive rights. So you end up with the crappy sports in the local jurisdiction. I don't know if you have any comments. Why, why don't we pause there? Do you have any comments on that? Uh, I, I would say that a lot of what you're saying is true. I mean, the sports books in the UK um, do far more streaming than the sports books in the US. It's still somewhat nascent here in the States there. And, and part of that is because of what it, you just said, exactly what you just said. And that is the bigger sports, uh, they sell all those rights to the broadcasters. So if I'm, you know, FanDuel or DraftKings, you know, some of the bigger sports books here, you know, I don't have access to those rights unless I have to, you know, unless I want to go buy them from the broadcaster. Um, and they're, you know, God knows how much. So that's why you don't see the NFL or the NBA, you know, on these sports books at this point, because it's just, it's, it's too expensive, you know, so we see other sports to your point. Um, I do think ultimately that will slightly change. I think some of the bigger leagues will either carve out some rights for sports books or um, hold them to sell them themselves. Um, the Indian Premier League was very interesting to me because they were the first, they're the first big property to have split their rights. They recently had a tender where they sold linear rights to Disney Star India for like 3 billion. And then they, they sold streaming rights separately to Viacom 18. And I think that that I'm a little surprised we haven't seen that a little bit more. It's something I would have thought was going to happen more often. Um, but I do think we're going to see that more where streaming rights may, may be held back um, to some extent. And even those can be split between OTT providers and sports books. So it can, it can get very, it's going to get very confusing potentially. So what about the what about the scenario where you rightly point out that the live quote unquote live broadcast is you know between ten and sixty seconds late and real time can be like let's say second or half a second. 
don't you think the OTT linear providers will be annoyed that the sportsbook stream shows the touchdown before CBS shows the touchdown? Don't don't you have? Uh, yeah, I, I I do, and they're going to have to deal with that uh, at some point because at some point, you know, this 10, 20, 30 second delay is just gonna, it's unacceptable, and you don't, mm. you know, it used to be you didn't you didn't really have much of a choice. You know, the technology was the technology, and everybody used the same sort of legacy, what's known as HLS technology, and there was not much you can do about it. Um, but now you can do something about it. So um, what does HLS stand the providers, for? You know, it's, it's HTP, HTTP live streaming. It was, okay. it was an Apple-based product developed about 20 years ago. And it actually wasn't even developed for video. It was developed for data storage, but it was pressed into action for video um, and now pretty much every broadcaster and big company, Facebook, YouTube, you know, all uses a form of that. And because of the way the video is, is delivered comes with delays. Um, and again, for the longest time, there was no, there was nothing else you could do. So that was what you had. Um, but now, you know, companies like us are able to deliver the stream in real time. And there's no need to have 20 second delays anymore. So um, you're right. The sports books ultimately will have an advantage. And if you want to watch your game you know, in real time, in some cases, you may have to go to the sports book until some of these OTT providers make a switch on their technology. Mm. As, as the pipes, as you called your business, like, do you get frustrated by this Patch web, patchwork of rights, or or do you just think that's par for the course? And <laughs> well, you know, I worked at the NFL for a long time, so I I, I know how rights are distributed and broken up, and um, it's yeah. it's a it's a challenging, complicated game. So you know, um, but you're right; it is frustrating. I think for many, it can be frustrating. Um, you know, we have a good understanding of it and, and know where you know what we can and can't do, um, we can only really work with rights holders because we deal in the video space. So mm -hmm. if you don't have the rights to the video rights, there's nothing really we can do. So it's, it's actually pretty simple for us. There was a business called Cobain. Have you ever heard of them? Cobain? Cobain, like, you know, kind of like Kurt Cobain. I don't, I don't know. If it's no, I never have. I never have heard of them. No. There was a business. It was it was a product designed for bookmakers, and and it was a B two B product. And I I want to say Perform bought them, or, or you know a big data company ended up buying. Okay. Them. But what what they did was they they streamed real time. You know they had the real time feed that didn't jump through all the TV networks, so that the bookmakers would have a quote unquote real time. I mean, in your world, it'd still be pr pretty slow, but in the you know last ten years, it's faster than. Uh, the broadcast feed where the bookmaker could see this stuff. It was low. It was low five feeds. You didn't have to deal with rights holders because okay. you were broadcasting. It was just a B two B product. But I thought right. that was an. I always thought that was an interesting way to um, kind of solve this problem of the rights holders having you know, and then the bookmaker can use this fast data to have a better experience. Now the the consumer will lose out because the consumer can't see the feed. But to your point, right. you could sort of enable micro betting from a data video feed management perspective. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there, there's some micro betting that exists now, at least in the US, um, just on the data. And, you know, uh, there's a company in the US called SimpleBet that has done some interesting work with, 
Um, I think it's both DraftKings and FanDuel, not 100% sure, but I think, um, where you can, in some cases, you were able to go on, you know, their app and, and, and bet on, you know, each pitch or, you know, you know things of that nature. Um, you couldn't see anything because it wasn't any streams, but it was just, you know, because so, it was just the data. But, um, but you know, I mean, look, the, the, there's a ton of research that shows, you know, when you're people betting on the game, they're going to watch the game longer. They're going to spend more time with it. So, I mean, it's a natural um, progression that once the sports book gets the ability to not only handle the data, but also the video of a particular game, fans are going to stay with it and they're going to bet more. And that's, you know, that's the goal of the book is to get more transactions. So um, yeah. I don't think there's any question that that will be the case. Do you, do you have examples of bookmakers using your feeds now for micro betting or, or that's a, that's. So there's a, there's a, a company in the U S called rust street interactive, and we're starting to work with them on some sports. We're streaming some highlight. We've got one or two other sports that they're about to launch on their apps. Um, they work, they oversee books, uh, Bet Rivers and um, Play Sugar House are the two sports books that they operate. Um, we're also about to announce a very big deal with a broadcaster and a betting partner to stream more sort of NHL and NBA content through that betting app. So we're very excited about that. Um, I can't say who yet, but um, it's, it's, we're probably about a month or so away from making that announcement. And that's going to really, um, I think that's going to really turn some eyeballs into, you know, changing habits because, um, you know, it's the old story. Once one falls, then typically the others have to look at it and say, well, if they're doing it, maybe we should be doing it. <laughs> or at least that's what so, we hope. <laughs> so, so that, so in this NBA NHL example, is that your this this potential deal that you haven't announced? Is that you will be streaming the NHL and the NBA live? You know, sorry, I know live is the wrong word. Real time yes. uh, in, the, in, in the betting audience. Apps. Yeah. Yes, in the betting app. Uh, okay, so this will be—is it? Will yeah. this be like kind of the first real sport that is getting broadcasted locally? It's it's going to be it's going to be the first real-time watch and bet product in the U.S. Okay, it's interesting that uh, I mean to me the the challenge is, I mean this is my perspective. The to me the challenge is less about the technology and it's more about the rights uh, because the uh you know it's so hard to get this stuff you know what did amazon pay for the nba sorry nfl and you know etc etc et <laughs> over a billion dollars yeah. a year <laughs> i about fell off my chair when they announced the uh the recent big 10 deal like it's it's crazy i know business uh unbelievable even the the big 10 is yeah, unbelievable. i know i no, i i don't disagree with you um in terms of you know the fact that it's a it's a big rights issue there's, there's no doubt that rights play a big part of what's going on but um but once you have the rights then you have to figure out what to do with them and how do you uh, how do you guys view yourself next to a bet radar or a bet genius do you guys feel like you're competitors or are you complementary well um we're not really competitors because they can't stream in real time so you know, their, their deal, they know that their technology is slower from a betting standpoint, 
that, um, you know, they're eight to 10, 10 seconds behind. So it just, you know, if you're, if you really want to build the betting business, especially the micro betting business, you can't be eight, you can't be two seconds behind, let alone eight or 10. So, um, so we talk to them where they're testing our technology. I think that ultimately all of them will use our technology over time. I, I don't think they have much of a choice, frankly, um, only because, you know, why, why, why should I, as a consumer have to wait and not, not, if I'm a better, why should I not be able to do it right away? Mm. Awesome. Is there anything else you would like to, to share uh, what you think about the sports betting industry? Well, you know, we, you and I talked offline about the States and, you know, how legislation and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's kind of, I think it's, we, in the U S we, we kind of hit a bit of a lull in terms of States, you know, and it's, kind of remarkable to me that states don't pass this legislation because it's 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 definite money coming into them that they're I can't understand. I know the the tribes have a lot of political power and that has something to do with it in certain states, but it's just it's remarkable to me that, you know, not almost every state. I mean, look, Utah is probably never going to pass a betting a betting law, you know, um, but but 45 states should have Sport. I mean, at this point, whether you like it or not is irrelevant. It's just, it's a matter, it's a fact of life. And yeah. how they don't pass it is a little surprising to me because it's, you know, all these states are looking for money any way they can. It's an easy way to get it. I totally agree with that. And I also don't think that there's any reason that, to ban it. You know, it's, it's yeah. as long as it's carefully regulated and, right. and taxed appropriately, uh, let people do it, let adults do what they want to do. I think they're uh, doing it anyway. Right. I mean, on the block, they're yeah, doing yeah. it anyway. So, you know, just make it legal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, completely agree. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for coming on, Jed, and talking about your business. It sounds very interesting. I, I definitely think that over, you know, it's no secret that data and video and real time and all that stuff is going to play a bigger and bigger role in sports. You know, I was watching, um, I was rewatching Moneyball the other day, and it just reminds you of how sports are becoming more about data and math. And yeah. Science. Oh, totally. And yeah. uh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. And you intersect, you intersect betting, which is all about stats and data. You know, it's definitely, definitely going to be the industry is going to keep growing. Awesome. Yeah, well, thanks great. very much for coming on and, uh, and hope you have a great day. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Jason. Okay. Cheers. Cheers.